Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday, July 19th, 2014, and you're tuned in to another episode of The Missy Show, the show about an adorable tortie cat and other pet topics, too. Thank you for joining us. Hello, buddy. How you doing? Okay. That was a weird hello. Hi, That's okay. It was an upbeat hello to counteract the dreary, humid Saturday that is today. You know, it's so humid outside that it just should be against the law. Somebody should just get just, you know, file a ticket. <laughs> no, no. It's just ridiculous. Today is a ponytail day, needless to say, because you're not going to have any good hairstyles on a day like this, but I accept it. I can't even do a ponytail. I cut my hair so short. I can't even get it. Just, my hair is just, I, it just doesn't work. I just, <laughs> it's just like, okay. You know, I didn't notice that you cut your hair, though. You I've had it I've been cut. Yeah, it's been it's 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 a process that I'm going through. Not that everybody gets <laughs> but I cut it some more. And um, yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. Well, everybody needs a little trim every now and again. I I probably need a trim. It's probably been years since I've had one. I don't know. Maybe I'll be going to see somebody. Hey, maybe I'll get you to do it. You remember when I used to get you to do? It? Yeah, I was your 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 barber kind of person. <laughs> you never have anything against it. You would always ask me to do it again, so I'm thinking, I would always think, they mess it up too bad. <laughs> yeah, because all you're doing is clipping the ends, but I know we're going way off topic. And I just you're wanted so to say, I wanted to say in my description of the show, I'm thinking about changing it because I always say on blog talk, it's, it's the show about an adorable tortie cat, but I, I want to say it's inspired by Missy because the show yeah. isn't so much about her. It's more about, you know, just pet topics in general. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. And on the blog and Facebook and stuff, it's the show inspired by an adorable tortie cat that's about pet topics. Yes. Yeah. I like her that. Her and all of her pet friends. Yes, exactly. Her and all of her pet friends. And I, yeah. I saw good old Missy today. I went over to my mom's and, Thank you. and Missy, Missy was chilling out on the couch. She was wrapped up in her nice blanket that she'd been dry nursing on earlier, my mom told me. And, you know, she was just chilling. Her and, and Bopper and Oreo were all sleeping. They were just enjoying the dreary, rainy weather. You know, I love days like this. It's just when I have to go out in them, it's the humidity, man. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's just it's a great napping day, and I and I'm mm-hmm. glad to say I got a good nap in. And I'm going so way off topic, okay? Because this show goes by so quickly, and we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot um, to talk about today. Today's show is um, about pets in the 21st century, and also the technology show. That's what I call it for short. It's the technology show. So we're going to be discussing different gadgets designed with our furry friends in mind. Or maybe not all of them have to be furry, you know, with pet friends in mind. Well, yeah, I found out that one of these particular things can be used for other pets that I didn't know it could be used for. And I thought, really? Oh, I did not know that. Hmm. 
Okay, yeah, I think you found out a lot, and I'm, I'm very curious to find out what all you found out. And let me just um, let me give the number out for anybody who would like to join in the conversation. Um, please call us at 347-838-8313, or if you want to listen after the show in the archive, check us out at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's authority. That's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. All right, let's dive in, Dee. Um, I'm going to let you go first. What, go. what you got? Okay, so first of all, I just want to say, you know, we are offering information. We are not telling you to choose either or. Things that we offer up to you, we are, we've done research. I've done research, and I'm just telling you what I found out. And I'm going to leave it up to you, especially on this particular topic that I'm going to talk about, Leave it up to you to make your own mind up as to whether you would use this or would not use this. I'm going to give you some pros for it, and I'll give you some cons for it. But what I'm going to talk about first is pet microchipping. Now, I have heard about it on TV. I've seen it. You've seen all of the great stories where the pet's lost and, you know, they donor. But luckily, the pet had a microchip. They were able to scan it and they were able to reunite that pet. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, me, that's basically what I've heard about. I've never really heard anything like that about, you know, having your pet microchipped or whatever. So first of all, I just want to start, just in case you don't know what pet microchipping is, what is it? A pet microchip is an identification device that uses the same radio frequency identification technology utilized in many retail stores and warehouses to track merchandise. It is oh, passive. Wow. Yeah, it is passive, and it does not emit information. Instead, a pet microchip stores identification information, which is read by a scanner. So, it was just in Walmart this morning. She zapped, She forgot to zap our water, and we were getting ready to leave. And she was like, "Oh, wait a minute! I didn't scan your water." She took the scanner, zapped the water. I looked at the screen, and it gave us all the information of what she just. I thought it was the water, it was the, you know, Walmart brand, what have you, up there. And that's what pet microchipping does. It is not a tracking device. It is an identification device. Oh. Yes. That's something I, I found out about that. How is it implanted? A pet microchip is about the size of a grain of rice. And I actually pulled out a grain of rice today to say, wow, that's small. <laughs> it is very small. And it can be implanted by a veterinarian and all kinds of pets. And when I think about it, I'm thinking about dogs. It's just automatically where my mind goes. But it can be implanted in cats. But it also, did you know that it can be put in reptiles and birds? Now, that I didn't know. I did not know that. It's done through, um, it uses a needle. And it's said to be easy and relatively painless. And it's kind of equivalent to like your pet getting a vaccination. Once once it's implanted, the microchip is said to be painless and never needs to be replaced. The um, pet microchips are said to be non-toxic, and I always say they are said to be non-toxic, and they shouldn't cause any allergic reaction in pets. That's what I read. That's the research I found out. Please do your research. And um, having a microchip implanted in your pet is generally, they say not expensive. It runs between $25 to $65. Okay, so once you get the the chip implanted, how does it work? Once the chip is implanted, it needs to be registered with an agency that keeps databases of information on pets with microchips. 
you will need to provide the Microchip Database Agency with the Microchip's unique identification number and your contact information or your veterinarian's contact information. And if that contact information changes, for example, if you move or you change this, you need to notify that agency. That's something you have got to do. If you, you know, change vets, if you move, you have to keep that maintained or it becomes useless. Um, so a little bit. There's so much information behind this, so I want to try to kind of keep it going so I can get all this in because we don't have that much time. So I went in and I just wanted to say what are the pros of it and what are the cons of it. So, of course, the pros of microchipping, you know, collar and IDs can be lost, they can become worn, and they can be gone. If you put a microchip in, that's a permanent kind of a addition, means of identification that you can use. You know, your pet is found, it's taken to the shelter, the shelter scans the chip, the, the shelter can read the frequency on your chip. It, it, as long as that chip hasn't failed or hasn't been compromised anyway, as long as that chip hasn't migrated, which was something I learned about, um, and as long as the employee or the volunteer can scan the chip correctly, and as long as the person has registered that chip and has paid to have that chip updated each time that information has changed over the years, you can get your pet, you know, pretty much returned to you. If all of these things, if all of these ifs are in place, then this is a great, great tool to use. This is a great something to use. We're just, you know, I'm still saying, yeah, this is good. But with every pro, there is a con. And I just want to say, what I want to say is that I was this person who I am like, and we talked about this, I am pro, pro, pro. I was pro, pro, pro microchipping. I mean, just without even thinking, because I had never heard of any kind of the cons. I never thought about, you know, the cons of microchipping my pet or microchipping it. Because that was something I even thought about getting done with Boomer. You know, I thought, you know, we need to get him, because especially when he used to wander around and we would let him wander out and just kind of go, I thought, you know, we need to get this done. For some reason, never really got it done. and But I never thought about it because I always thought about any kind of bad things that could go wrong with it. Okay, so here are the cons of microchipping, the stuff that I've researched that I've found, as I say, make up your own mind. So sometimes our pet parents kind of think because we have our pet microchips that we don't need to put collars or IDs on our pet. And that kind of gives you a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for me, I don't think, I, even if I did get it done, I still would have my pet collared and ID'd. That's just something that I just, that's just added added security for me. That's just something right. I would do. You know, okay, so, and many people feel like when you get your pet microchip, that it's, like I said before, that it's a tracking system. A lot of people think that a microchip is a tracking system that when, just like when you lose your pet, you can, some kind of way the vet can, can track down where your pet is. It is not a tracking system. And that's what I always thought it was. Yeah. I thought that they could just, I don't no. know, like if someone found your pet, they could just scan your pet or something, and then, yeah. like, it could show up in a database and tell you exactly, like, where the pet is or blah, blah, that, blah, you know. That that's what I thought. Is. It is, that, and that's essentially how it works. But a lot of people, when I say tracking system, a lot of people think that you have that chip in your pet and they have some, some device or something that the vet that you go to that they can kind of say, okay, this is where your dog is right now. Yeah, he's that, in that exact spot. And because, you know, our yeah. iPhones are like that because they have fine exactly. phone and it will tell you exactly where your phone is or the general vicinity. So that's not what the, the microchip yeah. does. No, that okay. is, the microchip, if all of those things are in place, 
is every if everything's working correctly. Basically, what it is is an identification system. It's basically giving you a barcode of what this is, and basically is who is this pet, who does it belong to, what area does it come from, things of that nature. That's all it does. It, it cannot track down your pet for you. And mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I found out in in statistically speaking, the number one way that you will permanently lose your pet is by another person finding and keeping your pet. So if you have your pet microchipped and, you know, your nice little toy shit too has just gotten lost and it's microchipped and it just happens to come around somebody who wants a dog but can't afford a dog and then all of a sudden Fifi walks up and this is exactly what I've been looking for, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if your pet is microchipped because if they want that dog, they want to keep that dog they're going to keep that dog, and that microchip is going to help. I mean, if you suspect possibly that this person has your dog, and you can say, okay, can we take this to try to verify? Yeah, but most dogs are lost, and some people find the dog and just want to keep it. And they don't care if it's microchip because they want this dog. So mm-hmm. it's not going to go up in that way. And another thing that's con is that not all that stand for chips, which I was like, well, they don't always stand for chipping the dog. They don't always look for it. And I was like, why not? I mean, I would think, yeah, that why was, wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they look for it? Why wouldn't it? But it's just, it's, 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 it was in the research that not all vets look for microchips in dogs. Not all vets scan dogs to see if there is a microchip there. So, you know, hopefully your dog wanders around a bit. Just depending on the area, depending on, they might not have the equipment to scan, you know. So it's, it's one of those things where, your dog might get lost, it might actually come in contact with a vet, but that vet might not have this equipment to do that. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's just some stuff I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> and another con is that, you know, can that, the microchip work on a frequency? So if that vet finds that dog or someone brings a dog into that vet, not all of these frequencies are the same. So, can that vet actually read the frequency that's attached to this microchip? These microchips are produced by pharmaceutical companies, which I did not know. And the pharmaceutical companies that sell these are in competition with other pharmaceutical companies. And they manufacture these chips with different frequencies so that they can be matched up to different scanners. Oh, no. So there's not just one universal frequency for all of them. Well, you know what? There is because there are universal scans that were developed, but not all that use them because they're more expensive too. So you got to think about, you know, you've got your dog microchips, but, and they might, you know, be brought into a vet, but if your chip isn't matching what that dog's, you know, frequency is, you might not be able to find, I mean, they can, you know, eventually find out, you know, who this dog is, but they're going to have to, you know, put some effort into it. And if they don't have that scanner, they've got to find a scanner that can, you know, read that frequency, which I did not know. I did not know that. I thought that, you know, you get the, you get your dog, you get your cat, you whatever, you take it to the vet, they can scan it with the scanner, oh, this is where it belongs to, this is the agency, this is this, and this is that. Not necessarily because pharmaceutical companies sell these microchips. They also sell the scanners. They're not all on the same frequency. This you have to think about it. Pharmaceutical companies are in the business of competition, you know. So they're not gonna, you know, 
put the same frequency out that everybody can use because we want you to use ours and we want you to only use our scanner to be able to, to look at it. So did not know that. But the one thing that just kind of got me, and I was like, okay, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, what's the really, really bad one? Because so far those are things you could kind of live with that. Yeah, you can kind of live with that. But the one thing that kind of got me was the possible cancer connection. Oh, no. Yeah, because you know my baby went away with cancer because no. of cancer, rather. And there have been new developments. And like I say, people, please do your research. I, there's so much stuff out here that I couldn't possibly try to get it all for you. Please do your research. There have been new developments and new studies showing that there is some controversy as to whether the microchips may increase the incidence of cancer in some of the pets. You know, while studies have shown that evidence that microchips can cause cancer, it has been seen to cause cancer in mice and lab rats, the risk to pets such as dogs and cats is less clear. But... There have been cases I've found where, you know, some cases and information, there have been some cases and information in lawsuits that discuss the length of tumors that were found in dogs and cats. And also I found, and I'm not going to go too in-depth with this because, like I say, I, I'm just trying to give you guys information, but I read where there was a case, particular very well-known pet company. They are actually, I don't know if they're still in it, but they, there was a lawsuit filed because of a connection with cancer, this particular pet company, a microchip, and a cat that died. There were also two other cases that were linked to tumors in two dogs, I think this year, that passed away from some type of cancer, and they linked it to the microchip. So, you know, nevertheless, if you're considering a microchip, a pet microchip implant, you want to investigate this further. You want to do your own research. I was one of these people that I was very, very pro-microchip. I'm not saying that I'm not pro-microchip anymore. I'm just saying I am I am pro and I am con. I am, and that's your cautious. You just you have to really cautious. just, you oh, know, I'm do super your homework. Cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super yeah. cautious. Because the next pet I got, I was going to definitely just say, you know, when we go in, I also want you to microchip them right away. Um, so not doing that right away. I got so much more information to do. These things can move and migrate, you know? Yeah, that's what I, because I heard you mention the word migrate yeah. earlier, and I was like, yeah. okay, what does that mean? That means that there have been cases where the the pet was microchipped, and it's done, like, up on the, in, I think it's between the shoulder blades, mm-hmm. and where the particular uh, chip migrated and moved, found down in the legs, now, this poses a problem because, one, if you go to, you find this dog or this cat or what have you, and you're microchipping up there, but the thing has moved down, you're thinking, well, it doesn't have a microchip. It does. It's just moved. So right. they can move. Some have been gone, seen to gone down the legs. Some have been seen to gone towards the heart. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Some have That's caused, good. you know, reactions of some sort. Like I say, there's a ton of information out there, you guys. I need for you to do your research. That's why I'm not giving you specifics. I'm not giving you any kind of anything. Get on here because I am still, after this show, I'm still doing more research because it is just, like, mind-blowing to me that, and I'm so glad I did. I thank God because I was going to be, the next pet I get was going to be full-on, you know, do what you need to do and microchip them. I can't say I'm going to do that anymore. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm against microchip because I think it's a great tool to have, but you've got to have a lot of stuff in place in order for it to work right. 
and that's 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 my take on this. It's there's some pros, there's some cons. Do you research? Do you research? If you can't do it online, go in the libraries, read the articles. There are a lot of articles out there that you can find that that pros and cons of microchipping your pet. Yeah, just basically make an informed decision. And maybe yes. for those of you who really don't let your pets go outside that much anyway, maybe it's not worth the risk. Yeah. You know, but maybe for those of you who actually, you know, you let your dog go out and you kind of let them wander a bit, you know, yes. and there's a good possibility they could get lost, maybe that's something you would want to consider. But just do your research and make an informed decision. Exactly. Do your research, make an informed decision, and, and you know, your pet is just like your family member. If you wouldn't take your child to a doctor without doing research on this doctor, don't take your pet without doing research about, you know, something like this. So that's all I have to say. But it was very eye-opening. Yes, it, yes, it is very eye-opening <laughs> because you just told me some stuff I didn't know. And, and I've always kind of wondered whether there were there were any cons to it. And at, for a little while I kind of considered getting Missy microchip, but now that's something I really have to think about whether I yeah. want to do that or not. Most definitely, most definitely. And the show is moving by so quickly, but I'm just going to ask I wanted us to really talk about that. That was one of our main topics. But I just wanted to ask you before we totally move on from that, there is something actually like the, the GPS like on, that goes on their collar or something. Now, yeah. does that actually tell you their exact location? Now, the GPS, because that was something else I looked into, the GPS is a pet tracking system that allows you to track your pet's location and their activity, you know, through your computer or a mobile device. And it is, it's like a tag or it's like something that's kind of put on your, your pet collar. And, and it goes on your pet collar and it, it's just, you know, it stays on the collar. You know, there are pros and cons to it as well. Um, and, and basically how it works is that, you know, you're able to pull up like an app on your phone or app on your computer and you're able to see kind of where your pet is in that zoned area. You have to kind of put your information um, into the system, which is, I guess, the system that you decide to buy, and it sort of tracks it and it sends you a text or an email to let you know when they've gone out of that zoned area that you kind of put up for them. And it sort of just kind of turns your dog into like a little GPS. But, you know, and that's a great thing. It's a good thing, but... Some of the cons of that is that, you know, these things are expensive. They can range from 100 to $600 just depending on, you know, what kind of device you want to use. And, it, you know, it, one collar tag goes with one collar. So, you know, if you have more than one dog, you know, and if you're spending, spending 250 for, you know, one thing, you might be coming out a lot of money. And some wow. of them come with docking stations. And it's not that it's like something that's used, you know, you buy the system and that's all you, you're going to buy and pay for at one time. It's like a, a service that you have, an annual or monthly service. You pay like your phone bill or your cable bill. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So it's it's not, you know, something that you just buy one time, pop, drop the money, and this is, you know, which it, it's a maintenance kind of a thing that you have to kind of upkeep. And, you know, it, 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 it might be, it you know, might be too big for like a little bitty dog because it's got a, you got to think about it, it's going on a collar. And so if it's a bigger device, and you have a, t- a tiny dog that doesn't have a big collar on, it's not kind of feasible to have that big kind of thing on a little tiny collar. So, it, you know, there are pros and cons of it, too. So it just depends on the device you get. Some of them are waterproof, but I guess if you – but I, I would think if you're getting a waterproof one, it's going to be a little bit more money. Some of them aren't, but if you got a dog that's outside and playing in the water or whatever, you might ruin the, the device itself. 
you know, it, and, and again, don't use this as a way to keep your dog or, or cat or pet or what have you, you know, under rest. I'm still an advocate of the good old-fashioned ID collar, you know, and leash and, and that whole thing. That's kind mm-hmm. of my, you know, I, I want to keep that as as something that you use in addition to yes. these other things. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, oh, it's so much information. <laughs> I, I know, and, and that's what I hate because we only have a 30-minute show and most of the people are going to get to use most of it. But before we go, because we're, like, already, like, five minutes. I know. Seconds. I did all the talking. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. No, no, because that's important information. This is a bit lighter, and I don't really know what to make of this, but um, there may be some of you pet owners out there who would be interested in knowing what your pet is saying to you. And there are um, these pet translators that actually exist. And there's actually the first company I want to talk about is this Japanese company um, called Sakara. And they invented something called the bilingual, which is for your dog, where it interprets your dog's bark, tells you what the dog is trying to communicate to you. And then they also have a meow lingual for your cat. And based on the, the, the dog or cat's meow or um, purring, um, well, the, the cat's meows or purring, whatever their vocalization, it can tell you what your animal is allegedly saying to you. So, I mean, does it like, is it just this computer, like over a computer screen or what is it like? And, and the thing is, um, let's see, with, with this one, because it, it looks like it's it's an actual little handheld device thing, and it's like part of it goes around the collar. It, it attaches to a collar that goes around your dog's neck, so it's recording his bark. And then you have the handheld thing, and it has a little screen, and it co- sort of tells you what the dog just said to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and the one for the cat is a little different because it, it's also handheld, but you have to hold it up to the cat to get him. <laughs> you have to try to get as close as you can to the cat to get him to meow or purr or whatever, and it's going to tell you what your cat is trying to communicate to you, what, what it's trying to say. And don't want chicken-flavored food tonight. I want beef. <laughs> the most hilarious thing, though, is Google also has an app, and it's Translate for Animals available on Android phones. I guess, you know, we don't have it for the iPhone and stuff. But then I went in our store, on Apple store, and they have versions of that that, that translates for your animals. And I think some of them were free, and then some of them you had to pay for. But this one with Google, they actually have a animal translator app. Wow. And um, basically, you know, you, you go to their um, Android market, you select Translate for Animals, and you download it. Um Let's see, and then once the app is open, you touch the Translate From box, and you will see a drop-down menu open up, and you can actually choose from cats, dogs, birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters, tortoises now. Didn't know tortoises made sounds. Um, Horses, chicken, sheep, donkeys, and pigs. Oh, my. Okay, and tortoise, really? Tortoise, really? I mean, what? But, but the thing is, you gotta if you if you do a Google search about this, they have the cutest little videos where they show this man and he's like doing the um, app with different animals, and he does one, you know, with like a horse, and no, I think he does one with a donkey, 
he does one with the pigs. He has different ones and, and what the animals are actually saying to him are hilarious. <laughs> and I think one of them told him that, you know, I, I like what you have on today. <laughs> that shirt's really snazzy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was just so I don't know if they need for this to be taken seriously or it's more of an entertainment type of yeah. deal. But it's yeah. the cutest thing. But for for those of you who might be interested, you know, who, who actually have an Android phone, you might want to get that. It's called Translate for Animals, and it's in, in the App Store. And, and Well, not the App Store, but the Android market. For I would buy it. I would get it. <laughs> it's something I, I would buy it because just because. I would be curious to to know what Misty is saying, but most of the time I think when you've owned an animal, you can tell the the happy bark versus the angry yeah, bark, and because yeah, because there are things that Missy does, and I can tell when she's agitated, and you know when she, and, and then when she's purring, and I can tell when she's happy. So I can kind of tell that, but I might look at something like that just strictly for entertainment purposes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That would be a great party thing to say. Okay, so now we're gonna see what I don't see. And that's the thing, too, because you have to try to get with the Google app. Once again, you have to get your phone as close to the animal as you can. But I'm just still trying to figure out the tortoise. What's the tortoise name? Because basically, I mean, I've never had a turtle as a pet, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, hey, although there is, I don't know if you've ever seen that freaky video, though, where they show the, the turtle and it's, is it engaged in an activity with either another turtle or it's engaged in simulation of that activity? I won't say what that activity is. And the turtle's actually making a little noise. It's the weirdest thing that he's actually vocalizing. That's the only time I've heard a turtle. Okay. And I, but like I said, I'll leave it to your imagination. Oh, my gosh, the show. Okay, guys, Um, basically we're about to go off the air live, so part of this may be over in the archives. But for those of you listening live, be sure to check us out in the archives. Okay, we're officially being recorded now. Okay. I just wanted to say once again to everybody who's been listening, thank you so much for listening to us. And I need to make a correction. I was saying that our 25th show would probably be sometime in September, but actually I counted up the weeks, and today is already our 20th show. So I think we're going to get to 20. Yeah, we're on our 20th show, and our 25th show will actually be by August 23rd. So it's my birthday. Okay. (laughs) Whose birthday is it? My brother's birthday. Okay, well, hey, you know, we, we should celebrate because I was thinking maybe we should go out to dinner or do something. It, it'll be a milestone for us, so August 23rd. It will be a milestone for us. Maybe we'll do a Missy show on location. Who knows? We should, and, and we should come up with some type of special topic for that day. So I, yeah. I don't know what we'll be talking about yet, but we should come up with something good. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. I apologize because I, I know in the description I actually mentioned some other things, and I'll try to post some links for those um, other technological um, pet devices on Facebook so you can still check those out. Um, um, and what are some of the special challenges of caring for older pets? Yeah, that's great. So, Dee, I know you'll have something to say on that one. and also. My mom, too. I don't know if we can get her to call back in or or I can, you know, interview her probably beforehand and talk about that because, you know, she has an older uh, cat. Of course, Bopper is 20 years old. So that's what next week's show is going to be about. Thank you guys for listening, and you all have a 
great weekend and a wonderful Saturday for all the cat owners out there. Bye-bye. Good Saturday. Bye. <laughs>